Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Dada Astrology live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. All right, peace. Hey, we are back. We are live. We are in full effect. Happy Sagittarius full moon in advance, of course. Um, We got that coming up here on Saturday. I know y'all feel it coming in the air tonight. Hello. So we we ready over here. Um, All the listeners, all my mama's babies, we stay ready over here. So I'm so glad to be here to talk more about that, um, to get jump off into the week ahead and all the amazing ingresses and transits that are going on. But before we go any further, I definitely want to shout out our Divine Righteous Ancestors, Ashe. I definitely want to shout out Brother Ampu. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Can't say it enough. And so with that, we're going to jump in and get started, you guys. I did uh, I apologize for the audio. Um, if you follow Mama Dot Astrology on Facebook, you already have uh, seen the apology post. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the the um, audio was real Mercury retro last week. Um, I had, I guess, my earpiece in, and it causes a little bit of static. And so shout out to one of my precious, valuable mama's babies who when we were uh, chatting on the phone this week, she she pointed that out. Thank you once again for y'all keeping me on point. That's what we do here. We hold each other up, keep each other on point, and we, uh, you know, align with these stars so we can maximize out the most out of every day of our life. It's it's a wonderful thing to be in alignment in more ways than one. We got this full moon and Sag just creep. I ain't gonna say creeping up on us. I mean, cause it's in full full effect. What I did not mention last week is that oh baby, y'all know y'all know I got a Sag son, right? So I've been trying to hold it, reel it in, and you know, manage my energy. It's a full moon. So everybody on full right now. Everybody is waxing full, so to speak, in their own individual ways. Women <clears throat> women whose cycles line up with the moon, men, they have their own cycle and it's very much so influenced as well by these lunar phases. And so we're all kind of waxing full in our own ways. Um when it comes to women's cycles, this time of the month would be the time of ovulation um, as opposed to, you know, the menstruation end of the where the new moon is at. The ovulation cycle is where the full moon is at. So in our own ways, we're all getting prepared to birth something, okay? This is the time, these days leading up to the 21st, this Saturday, when um, it would be Saturday afternoon when the moon waxes completely full. Leading up to that, our energy may feel like it's being charged, especially with certain planets still retrograde like Mars, I want y'all to continue to monitor your energy. 
I was mentioning my energy um, here just now because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, my son is in Sagittarius. It's a Sagittarius full moon. What I didn't mention last week is there will be two Sagittarius full moons. As it turns out, we got one here in May. Baby, we got another one in, in June. This one here at the end of the week is at one degree Sagittarius. There are thirty degrees in every sign. This one is at the very. This full moon is happening exactly at the first degree point of Sagittarius. The second Sagittarius full moon we have here in June, just a month from this one, is going to be at that final twenty ninth critical degree of Sagittarius. Okay, so it's going to get even more critical. If it's feeling critical now, guess what? <laughs> June got some for you, baby. And if you're ready and vibrating high and in alignment with these energies. What I just said won't scare you, but it'll excite you and it'll prepare you to receive something really fiery, really passionate, really high level, really advanced, okay? Anybody feel like they're growing? Uh, anybody feel like they're getting a, a, a lesson in, in some something that is elevating their learning and elevating their consciousness, giving them a higher or heightened awareness? Anybody feel like they you know, advancing, growing, going on a long-distance journey maybe. Okay, that's that's sad right there. And so <clears throat> with the full moon coming, it's being intense. The feeling is uh, red as more intensified as the time goes by leading up to when it waxes full. So don't sleep. Don't underestimate the power of a Sagittarius full moon. Don't underestimate the power of these planets still retrograde, um, calling us and causing us to go in to internalize and be really introspective about everything that's going on where we're not jumping on, snapping at, and blowing up on people, but we are going within and taking full responsibility and and reviewing and, and reassessing how we can uh, be be so empowered, um, just like with the Jupiter uh, retrograde. I couldn't remember last week, but I got it, y'all. Y'all know I got it. Uh, Jupiter's still going to be in the zone. I couldn't remember when Jupiter left the zone. Jupiter turned direct, uh, I want to say last Monday, but my, it was a Monday, May the 9th, okay? Let me double-check that. Double, double check. Yep, last Monday, May the 9th, um, Jupiter stationed direct, and it does not leave the retrograde zone. It doesn't get into new territory. It doesn't get out of the retrograde territory that it had, quote, unquote, backed up into until after August the 7th, okay? August the 7th, 12.56 a.m., Jupiter finally enters new Virgo territory, okay? at 23 degrees. So Jupiter should be well on its way to picking up speed now that it's going back direct and whatever, you know, area of life that it's going direct in for you should be an area where you're really, uh, especially with Jupiter being in the earth sign, especially with Jupiter being a part of this still extremely potent and active grand earth trine, right? 
Jupiter is there in Virgo and it's trining Mercury that's about to station. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that. Mercury stationing direct in Taurus, which is also trining um, Pluto there in Capricorn, okay? So I already spoke on this grand earth trine and I just want y'all not to sleep on it. I'm talking about Jupiter stationing now. Later on, we're going to talk about Mercury. And um, I don't believe Pluto makes any power plays here in the week ahead. Um, But don't sleep on it still. It's still active in this grand Earth trine. Mercury, Pluto, Jupiter, doing their thing. What did I say about it? Just to refresh y'all's memory from last week, you got Mercury. Um, that we're all, I guess I can speak on it a little bit now, uh, Mercury uh, stationing, preparing to station. We got the full moon on Saturday, the very next day on the 22nd, Mercury in the week ahead, Mercury stations direct there on Sunday in Taurus. I got some horoscopes for y'all for that too, so you can kind of know what to look for with Mercury um, finally stationing direct but still being in this retrograde territory for another week or so after. Um, yeah, definitely with Mercury uh, preparing to station in Taurus, especially with these earth signs being activated by this grand earth trine, we all should have been really reflective, okay, on the state of our resources, including money and possessions, determining are we making time to nurture ourselves with sensual pleasures. Taurus, where Mercury's been stationing, is ruled by Venus, okay? Venus is all about the pleasure and the harmony and the enjoyment and the social and the and the and Taurus is real earthy and sensual. So we've been questioning things like this with Mercury retrograde, where we're reassessing, reevaluating, reviewing. Are we carving out enough time and space to nurture ourselves with sensual pleasures? Are we allowing time for relaxation in in nature um, to return us to a state of harmony? And are we making time to simply be? I told y'all when we were talking about Taurus season before, Taurus wants to kind of, you know, Roll right. Just how about this? Torch just wants to like sit in the mud and just cover itself up in mud, just like that kind of earth where you just want to feel the earth on you and in you, um, uh, where you want to feel, where you want to feel every part of of sensual pleasure of all five senses just lit up. You want to savor every flavor of the food going in your mouth. I mean, I know y'all have been experiencing that and and not just me. So it's been a lesson for all of us, this Mercury retrograde in Taurus. I believe all, um, all except one of the Mercury retrogrades of 2016 is in Earth signs. And so we're, we're going to get plenty of time to kind of immerse ourselves in this. All Earth's energy is practical. All Earth energy is, you know, resourceful. All Earth energy is, like, productive and wants to show something, have something tangible that is perceptible to the five senses to show for its existence and the use of its energy and time, okay? So um, 
it doesn't have to be something you can hold in your hand. A sensual pleasure can be something that you experience sensually. So don't underestimate the power of simple sensual pleasures. Um, even while uh, Mercury after it does station direct and is still in the retrograde zone, um, because then we're kind of now that the planet is forward moving again and no longer retrograde, even though it's still going through this old territory that's already been through twice now three times. On that third time out, like I always say. If it went through direct the first time, station retrograde went back through the degrees a second time, stations direct finally and goes through those degrees one final time by, by that third pass, we ought to feel like we didn't got a handle on something, okay? So with this being at Mercury retrograde being in Taurus, this third pass, we ought to feel like we got finally getting a handle on these personal finances, on these personal possessions, on our self-esteem. Come on, Taurus. On our uh, Taurus rules the throat, so a certain amount of, of things being um, spoken or, or, or energies passing through that throat chakra. Um, we should feel, and, and, and definitely the earthy things, the comforting, comfortable things, we should at least have a personal handle on or feel more like we do, okay? So I'm just kind of recapping some of these energies because they're, they're still active and playing a part. Yeah, Mercury went retro April 28th, um, but it's about to station here on the 22nd, so I thought I'd mention it. Um uh, and yes, um, Jupiter's station direct on May 9th, but um, I mean, it's going to be in the zone until August the 7th. So we still got these divine opportunities to glean some higher learning, some opportunities for advancement and growth um, in particular areas of our life. Okay, let's just jump on in the week ahead. I know I do a lot of recapping sometimes, um, definitely as far as where everything is now. Um, let me go back over here real quick. I know that I, I believe the moon should still be in Libra. Actually, the moon went void today, and I said that last show, that by the time we got on the show today that the moon would be void. Um, but the moon had been in Libra. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully y'all took the wisdom of my advice from last week since we were, you know, a week ahead and utilized the energy from Monday afternoon till until um, this rising at 1023 a.m. Central Time when the moon did go void. While it was in Libra those, like, couple of days to really get some balancing and some harmonizing energy from Libra, another Venus-ruled sign in addition to Taurus, okay? So here's Venus again. Venus is showing out and stunting right now, okay? Let me tell you, anything you're doing in the realm, in the vein, in the pocket of Venusian activity, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you good. You good, okay? Any, any kind of, how do I want to describe it? Because Venus just makes things better, you know. So, like, okay, for instance, the sun enters Gemini this Friday, the 20th, right? Then here on the 24th in the week ahead, Venus enters Gemini. 
Well, kind of, when Venus, get, uh, the sun will have been there for four days, and then here comes Venus coming in on the Gemini scene, right? Well, Venus is bringing just, it's softening the atmosphere. It's bringing pleasantries and, you know, Venusian things, uh, uh, um, Venusian things are things that are regarding beauty, things that are regarding art, things that have to do with pleasures, okay, and comfort, like food um, and, and, and drink, per se, um, like um, even uh, um, like candles and scents and aromas and massages and, um, and, and being outdoors even, just anything earthy, um, I'm thinking of Taurus specifically when I say that, but but Venus does also have not only an Earth expression in Taurus, but like I've told y'all before, a, an Air expression in Libra. So so we can be Venusian about our air, our communications when it comes to Libra. We can be real Venusian when we want to harmonize and be diplomatic and tactful and and compromising and you know willing to work it out, willing to see the other point of view, okay? Anything in that vein of Venus, be it be it Tyrian when it's, you know, manifesting in these earthy ways or be it Libran when it's manifesting in these um, less tangible ways but no less potent, you know, how potent is coming to an agreement with somebody. That got Venus written all over it, baby, in, Lib- in its Libra expression. So that's what the Libra moon over the last couple of days has been about, putting that Venus on our relationships, putting that Venus on our interactions, putting that Venus on our even relationship with ourselves. But, yes, it definitely highlights um, in Libra the other. So that's that's what, and for all intents and purposes, the moon is still in Libra. It's just void. So from 10:23 a.m. Central, uh, this rising until um, tomorrow, early rising, 1:29 a.m. when the moon enters Scorpio. There's still now. Okay, I always say with the void moon, nothing's gonna come of it. <laughs> but it's no less a beautiful time to practice, uh, especially with the moon going into Scorpio next, baby. Because Scorpio don't play and want to go deep and get all up in your stuff, got all taboo with it, all extreme with it, all obsessive and jealous with it on the low end. Okay, so take divine advantage. Um, Considering that the moon would be void or is void currently until early tomorrow rising, just keep the void moon, um, uh, I hate to say rules, but kind of protocols in mind, okay? We're not starting anything new right now, like literally right now, Wednesday afternoon. No, we're finishing things up. We are... um, We're looking for lost items that we may have. We are, um, you know, meeting up with people we already have established bonds with, okay? No no new friends right now today, okay? Save that until uh, after you wake up tomorrow. Um, Yeah, we should get some really, really good peaceful sleep tonight, okay? 
Um, and if you need to get rid of anything, this is a beautiful energy to do that under, okay? Take stock, make to-do lists, um, edit, refine, and review, kind of retrograde feel to it. It's all good right now, okay? And then um, we get that good Scorpio moon for when the sun enters Gemini on Friday. Cool, cool, cool. The moon will be in Scorpio then. And then... Um, we go void again Saturday early rising, okay? The moon doesn't enter Sagittarius for the full moon show that's going to go on in May and June, apparently, since we want to have two of them. Uh, the moon doesn't actually enter Sagittarius until Saturday, 1.48 p.m. So it's this, it's a small window here after at 1.48 p.m. Central Time, to 3.15 p.m. Central Time, just a little over an hour uh, between the moon entering Sagittarius and the full moon being exact. That's how. That's what I'm telling you all about it being at one degree Sag and us having yet another or a second full moon at 29 degrees Sag there in, on June the 20th should be, okay? So that's just a really extremely brief recap. Please don't hesitate to click in the description box the episode information for this show to link back to last week's show and get it, get the real in-depth juicy, uh, a little choppy because of the audio quality, but, hey, I'll, y'all know I'll be listening to the show, so you can get through it. Um, let me see. I I got to take two seconds before I jump into the week ahead and shout out hmm, everybody with the Astro Love gifts. Y'all on point. Y'all y'all just on point. I don't care if it's been an email. I don't care if it's been an actual financial Astro Love gift. I don't care if it's been, you know, calling in on the show and just showing love, having a question, engaging, um, adding content to the show. I just love and appreciate y'all. This has been, we're in May of 2016. We got started in May of 2015. I continue to talk to people who tell me, oh, I've been listening since last year. Oh, I've been listening since May. Oh, I've been, like, golly, y'all some writers. And I so appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for the love. Thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you so much for the um, suggestions. Thank you so much for just making this what it is. I come back every week for y'all. Um, Brother Ampu is wonderful and bountifully blissed as I am to be even associated with him. He does not actually cut me a check to host this show. So I do this because I love y'all. If it was just one you would be that one that I got on this air for. You would be that one that when I was sitting up in a corporate office, um, you know, listening to Brother Ampu on blog talk and replaying the down, you know, that that was my week. I would take the, the download from that week, play that sucker while I'm working. I'm doing my little data administration, play that sucker, just get through with my work real, real, real quick, go home early, you know, and be plotting. some of the very things I'm doing now. I was plotting it then. I was taking information that he and others on on the air on this channel were giving up like I am, and I was taking that and I was parlaying that. Like if this truly is, if this is true, first of all, let's get first thing first. If if astrology is real and if this information is true, scientific and exact, 
what does that mean for me? What does that mean for my uh, ability to master my destiny? What does that mean for my ability to have a good day, a day? What does that mean for my ability to get up out of this office and clock in for me on my schedule? I ain't got no one-hour lunch. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't have to rush back into this cold office with no windows. I can take, I can, I can broadcast by the beach. So I'm so elated. I had to take a moment and just really give thanks to you guys, the listeners, my mama's babies, because, I mean, y'all alone, just the fact that y'all exist means that, you know, me being ahead of time, so to speak, a couple of years ago when I started, you know, really hungering and thirsting after this information, not for the sake of having the information, but the sake for the sake of what I could do with it, not just for myself, but for others. And you'll find out that universal truth as you dig deeper into astrology is that when you do things with others in mind, you, you, it's, it's like an elevation. It's like a, gra- a spiritual energetic graduation. Pluto, that, the Plutonian energy don't even fool with you unless you, on the highest level, unless you're involving the benefit and the highest good of someone outside or beyond yourself. So that's what I've endeavored to do, and y'all are just a testament that I'm actually doing that. So I just want to say thank you. That's kind of what the May You Call It $13 specials are about is my one-year anniversary here on the um, My Astrology Coach Radio Network. And I just want to make it real quick, easy, and affordable. If you just want to get the reports, you can do that. Um, I have the May full moon. Now y'all see, now y'all starting to see why I have. Apart from the May You Call It, because that's just like any of these little um, kind of smaller reports, and I say smaller uh, because it's not a full-on, it's like isolating a certain area. If you're getting a Mercury retrograde report for 13 bucks or a Pluto retrograde report, if Pluto's your ruling planet, if you have Scorpio rising, Pluto's your ruling planet, you could totally benefit from a Pluto retrograde report because you're going to know what your ruling planet is doing and what it's doing to your natal chart. But uh, the May new moon and full moon package, and I've been doing those every month for a little while, it's going to be a little different if you get the one in May because you're, it's going to reference not only that sun in Taurus, going to reference the full moon in Sag here on the 21st, and it's going to re- uh, reference that full moon in Sag here coming up in June. So if you get the full the May full new moon report package, whether you get just the report or whether you want a consultation with it to kind of explain the reports and kind of break down any questions you may have, then this is the month to do it because you're going to get a little more bang for your buck. We're having two full moons in Sag. So just FYI, you know, I like to hook people up, so I thought I'd mention it so y'all will know. Okay, we're going to keep it moving. Y'all know I love y'all, and I y'all know I love y'all, and I know y'all got love for me. So that was all I needed to say on that and keep it moving. Okay, in the week ahead, we got Sunday, May 22nd through Saturday, May 28th, okay? I can pull my notes back up here. Okay. And so we set the week off real properly uh, with the sun opposite Mars. And the reason why that's significant 
is because that pretty much is the highlighting aspect of this first Sagittarius full moon, okay? The sun's at one degree Gemini, Mars is at one degree Sag. One degree is the same degree of the Sag full moon. So it's significant. That's that's lining up there. With the full moon, the sun is already opposite the moon, right? And here we have a sun opposition Mars by transit. So that means a couple of things. That means that the sun is also opposite the moon, clearly. It's at a, right the day after, hours after a full moon. And it means that Mars, Mars is conjunct the moon. I don't know if I said that right. Okay, Mars is conjunct the moon, and that's why the sun is not only opposing the moon, it's also opposing Mars. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? And so when you're looking at sun opposite Mars, not only on Sunday, next Sunday at 6, 17 a.m. Central Time, but when you're looking at it within the context of this full moon energy that we are in right now leading up to Saturday, then you kind of get a tone being set for this full moon, a um, uh, um, energetic characterization of this energy, which is, Careless or impulsive behavior can be a problem when the sun is opposite Mars, right? Mars is, Mars is impulse. <laughs> and this very same Mars that's opposite the sun is retrograde. So we are more prone, since we are already being introspective with Mars being retrograde about our impulses, then I, I hope that that means that it shouldn't be as bad as it could be when we're going full steam ahead, when Mars is full steam ahead and impulsive and impatient, you know, hopefully with Mars being retrograde. And we already have had this time since April 17th when Mars stationed to kind of get a little more used to, what did I tell y'all before? Think twice. Come on, when Mars is retrograde before you speak, especially with Mercury retrograde at the same time. Mercury doesn't go direct until a couple of hours after this alignment of Sun opposition Mars on Sunday rising, okay, in the week ahead. Um, so at, at the time of this Sun-Mars alignment, uh, Mars and Mercury are still retrograde. So thinking twice is still going to be a good idea leading up to this full moon. And at the point of uh, this uh, uh, exact alignment, Sunday rising, that has everything to do with the full moon. Um, it's definitely still going to be easy to feel thwarted or to not be in touch with what it is we want. So if we do know what we want, um, how to go about getting it doesn't come naturally to us at, at, this, at this time, okay? So... There's this potential for frustration if you're looking at this uh, at the level of some things that could kind of go wrong. I like to look at things from that level because sometimes what can go wrong does go wrong. But when you are, since we're looking at stuff ahead of time, we're looking at stuff in advance, when you know some stuff in advance, wouldn't you put in place uh, a solution? If you knew something was going to happen in advance or that the energies would be right for something to occur on a lower end of the spectrum in advance, wouldn't you put some stuff in place 
ahead of time to set you up to succeed versus fail, that's what I'm that's what I'm here showing folks how to do, right? So we got this sun opposition Mars. It's active. The reason why it's active right now is because the energies of the full moon are already activating right now and waxing, okay, getting stronger. They're going to reach its peak Saturday when the full moon hits. So you got to read this. What I'm reading to you now for next Sunday, early rising, you got to read it kind of now. See what I'm saying? So be on the lookout now careless and impulsive behavior. Don't get so, it's, it's just another opportunity for a Mars retrograde lesson, really. And the sun is just, with it, okay, with the sun being in opposition to Mars, like it's in opposition to the moon at the time of this full moon, what is a full moon? It's when the light of the moon is fully illuminated by the sun, Right? And so with this sun opposition Mars, at the same time the sun is opposition the moon, you got to read it that way too. The sun is fully lighting and illuminating and lighting up what Mars retrograde, Uh, our ability to reassess and reevaluate the way we go about our sex and and, and, and uh, acting out or acting on or upon that very sexual drive in nature that we have. The sun fully illuminating, lighting up, exposing, and manifesting uh, our ability to reevaluate and reassess our drive and our passions and, and all these Martian things, our assertiveness, Okay, reevaluating what what happens when we feel the impulse of anger. Oh, anger gonna come. I'm here to tell you. I don't care about if I was a, when I was used to profess Christianity, and now that I'm studying the shot, anger don't care, baby. That impulse is gonna come. The question is, what do you do with it when it comes? It, it what I, it's hard. It's very difficult to forget when you were uh, when you're someone who studied a religion like Christianity as long as I did. Um, I do recall there was one verse that said, you know, be angry, but don't sin. What is sin? Any knowing to, uh, the other one said, well, the sin is to know what to do and don't do it, basically. Or to know not to do something and do it. That's pretty much in simplistic terms. And I'm not bringing this up to get religious on y'all. I'm bringing this up to show you the correlation between these energies that we've long kind of heard about, read about, maybe uh, learned about through a religious filter. I'm just taking the filter off, okay? Be angry, but don't sin. Keep that in mind now leading up through Sunday early rising, okay, Um, because it's going to be one of those things you may have to pull out your back pocket. The sun is fully illuminating not only the moon, but it is fully illuminating Mars, anger, war, violence, passion, drive, action, sex, Fully illuminated. So I'm, I have a feeling you may need to pull it out your back pocket in between now and then. Oh, what, I used to have, I, I, this has kind of come up for me lately. 
I used to have a bad temper, believe it or not. <laughs> I used to not know how to control my anger. I was a lot younger um, when I had, like, my last episode that sticks out heavily in my mind, and this was the episode that led to my mother, who is Thawne, uh, it led to my mother telling me, hey, you're going to have to get your temper under control or it's not going to be good for you. You're going to either end up dead because you're going to meet your temper match. You're going to meet your match that got a temper worse off than you and going to end up dead, or you're going to end up in jail because you're going to do some other stuff that is a crime, <laughs> just like the crime I had committed when she said this to me. I had assaulted my own flesh and blood sibling in a fit of rage. I was probably 14, young teenager, and just didn't know. It would come up on me so heavily and strong and, to me, out of the blue because I didn't know anything about triggers and what might trigger it. And so, you know, here my sibling is doing something my sibling always does, messing with me, bothering me, irritating me, and I clicked. I snapped so much so that I recall on different occasions where I had issues with my temper and anger. I I call it snapping out, blacking out. That's what I call it, or clicking off. I used to call it clicking off, where I don't remember what happened. I don't remember assaulting my sibling. I just remember the after effect. When I snapped back to, when I came back to myself, I remember seeing the bleeding wounds that I had inflicted upon my sibling. And, you know, that it was it was serious enough for my mom to 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 say something to me that here 20 years later is this kind of mar I guess with my own Mars retrograde and being introspective about my own Mars is basically Pluto's grandbaby, right? You know, Mar Pluto is Mars's higher octave. And so um there's just this real potential for power. You know, Pluto is power and Mars is what the lower octave of that. So even with Mars, there's this potential for extreme power. And that's why Mars does rule war. And that's why um, Mars can rule violence and anger. It's powerful. And the sun uh, at the time of this full moon is shining, uh, lighting it up. Make sure when the sun shines its light on your Mar- on, on Mars in your chart, in your life, in your experience, that it's shining a light on the highest and best aspects of your ability to move, of your ability to act, of your uh, and our ability to initiate, and our ability to be brave and courageous. On the highest end, baby, Mars is courage and bravery, the soldier marching off into war on the front line, early bird catching the worm, ain't waiting on nobody. Let the sun illuminate that for us, not our ability to go slap off on somebody, to assault anybody, to get off, jump off in somebody's face or jump out of our car and try to have road rage or run anybody off the road because they got over on you without putting their blinker on. Don't do it. 
Don't do it. Don't miss out on this powerful opportunity that this Sagittarius full moon, look, part one of the Sagittarius full moon, that's what's so super cold about it, is that (laughs) I'm laughing, y'all. Sagittarius goes so hard. Anyway, and it's all about that expansion and the abundance and the more. That's what Jupiter rules Sagittarius, right? And I just got through, you know, really going in on Jupiter station and direct. And so uh, this Sagittarius full moon really wants to expand us, take us higher, grow us, uh, elevate us. And Jupiter always wants more. And that's so funny to me because only Sagittarius could have two full moons in a a 30-day period. Because Sag just wants more. One full moon ain't going to be enough. Come on. I got Sag's son. I know all about it. Let's go. <laughs> One is never enough. So I had to, that's the first alignment of this week. And I know I stopped on there for quite a little bit, but it's that important. And it has such impact on where we are even right now leading up to the full moon that I just wanted to make that emphasis known and felt. Make your Mars work for you and not against you, okay? Um, I haven't assaulted anybody physically since about then, you know, young teenage years. So there, I can tell you from firsthand experience that there is a blessing in doing something constructive with your energy instead of destructive. And I know my siblings <laughs> are happy about that too. <laughs> so keeping it moving. Mercury, uh, like I told y'all, just a couple of hours after this Sun-Mars alignment, uh, Mercury stations direct at 14 degrees of Taurus at 8.19 a.m. Central, and uh, it doesn't get out of the shadow after it stations direct here Sunday early rising um, until June the 7th, okay? And so uh, areas of life that were a major focus during the Mercury retrograde phase um, can now be worked on. Okay, like I said, now that it's making that final pass, we should be feeling like, okay, we're kind of feeling a little more in control and a lot less wonky. Hopefully by now we've all kind of got to see the benefits of making sure your car is in fully functioning working order before Mercury enters the retrograde zone, making sure that we check and double. Now, hopefully, we're starting to see the benefit in checking and double-checking your travel plans. I don't care if it's just local, what you're going to do that day. Um, I, I know that it is not just me that has seen the impact of not planning your route or your day or your travels, even if it is local, but even more so if you're going away. You definitely don't want to be away from home and stuck like Chuck. So um, I think Mercury being retro in the earth sign really made the Mercury retrograde glitches and isms just manifest that more um, more real and tangible for us to see and feel. So um, I've been encouraging, encouraging and admonishing people around me that don't know anything about astrology. <laughs> but, you know, I, of course I haven't used astrological terms, but just kind of 
uh, admonishing them, you know, so, do you think I should this, that, or the third about something mercurial? And I'm like, heck, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, they wait, wouldn't give a crap if Mercury was in the zone already or not, but depending on, you know, when I've been asked, you know, emphatically so. And I've been hip. I told y'all, Merc, me and Mercury in my chart, we real intimately acquainted, so I can't play with Mercury. When Mercury has been a turn left, I got to know. <laughs> when Mercury has been a station or, you know, do something, I got to know, baby, because I, I even told a um, one of my mama's babies when we were talking, I think, last week, I said, I know an astrologer, baby. She done shut her whole operation down. Huh. She said, Mercury, my chart ruler, too? Uh-uh. She shut her own. <laughs> she said, sorry, y'all. She said, I'm going to be back in June. I'll I holler at all y'all in June. She said she ain't playing with none of us <laughs> during this. I don't think I've heard. I've been following her for a little while. I don't think I've heard of her doing this because we, ha- we already had one Mercury retrograde season this year in 2016. And I don't remember her doing that then, but she was, baby, months ago. She said, oh, no, mm-mm. Mercury uh, retrograding tours, uh, I, I won't be doing any readings. I won't be doing any consulting. I won't be doing any videos. <laughs> I was like, dang. She said she's going to shut her whole operation down just on the strength of glitches. She said, she said gluck a fitch, fuck a glitch. She ain't fooling with it. So, I choose to kind of take Brother Ampu's, you know, lead on when it comes to Mercury retrograde and, and Minister Jew. Like, you cannot, sh- nobody shuts down. I, I'm, this was not personal against this particular astrologer. This is just saying that I tend to align myself more with the, um, you know, thinking that the wisdom, these energies are not only outside of us reflected in these planetary bodies in the sky. These energies are inside of us, and we can direct them. We can direct a whole bunch of stuff. That's why Minister Jew breaking down all this quantum information is just, you know, he'd be on Brother Rich's show and just all over with this stuff because it is that real and vital and imperative to understand that we are not just here having um, energies act upon us. But we are the energies that can act upon other energies if we so choose. So, um, if definitely, if you experience any healing that occurred during the retrograde phase, then what's going to happen now that Mercury is stationing direct here Sunday morning? You can use your improved mental Mercury. Uh, you can use your improved mental and communication skills to bring matters to completion. That's what this this last final pass of Mercury being direct um, while it's still in the zone before it leaves the zone on June the 7th. Between May 22nd and June the 7th, we are able to bring some stuff to a completion. Maybe we couldn't do that before the 22nd because Mercury was retro and all freaking wonky on us and we couldn't tell the end from the beginning. But with Mercury stationing direct, things moving, things of a mercurial nature moving forward now 
um, instead of retrograde motion, we should be able to start closing some things out, finalizing some things in, in our mental that we've been up in the air about or unsure about or not really wanting to or in, unable to move forward with a particular thing as it relates to mercurial matters. Maybe you've been trying to get a vehicle and have been having some issues. You may see that correct itself or open, that avenue open up for you here after the 22nd. You know, maybe you've want, been wanting to plan a trip and some opportunity may come along now that Mercury is in direct motion. So you kind of see when I'm talking about mercurial things, travel, when I'm talking about communication, uh, you know, things opening up or releasing or going direct or moving forward, okay? These, these are some of the things we can look forward to um, now that Mercury is going to be direct, hopefully it has been a time of healing uh, since Mercury went retrograde, especially as it relates to healing in Turian areas, you know, healing the senses. Come on, healing the healing our ability to communicate, Mercury, Turian things, communicate receive and give messages, communication, via Torian means. Cooking, food, comfort, healing, massage, touch, hugs, kisses, uh, Taurus is just so, uh, our money, money. Our possessions, our self-worth and self-esteem being healed, okay? And so now that it's going to be going direct, we can use the improvements that were made as a result of those areas being healed and communication skills since it is mercury to go on and wrap some things up, finalize some things, close some things out, okay? Um, once again, with Mercury going direct, it highlights the grand earth trine, okay? Mercury trining Jupiter specifically is what, okay, Jupiter is expanding. All this Mercury and Taurus stuff I just got through telling you all about, Jupiter is still expanding it, baby, with the trine. So the optimism is, is easily accessible right now. Come on, in real earthy ways, good news. Anybody got some good news lately? Come on. Uh, research, study, socializing, all favored, okay? that Those are mercurial things, and they're being expanded or favored right now. Study, research, socializing, um, and making plans, okay? We've got good instincts. Um, we're future-oriented under this influence and positive in our thinking. Now, not only is Mercury trining Jupiter expanding all the Mercury and Taurus things I told you about, Pluto is powerfully transforming us, okay, in, in, in a lot of these Mercury and Taurus, Taurus areas I was telling you about. So Mercury trining Pluto is definitely still in play, and it is still ideal for asking for favors. Come on, that's that's the power on the on the messages. That's a powerful message, <laughs> Mercury trying Pluto, and so it's ideal for asking for favors because it will it will come across so powerfully. And once again, when you fool in with Pluto, if the favor you're asking for doesn't just benefit you, 
even more so, and talking people into things. Um, powerful brain capacity right now, um, p- powerful enough to penetrate at the mental level, which is ideal for negotiating not only favorable deals in business, but even within the context of relationships. I've recognized that um, personally, um, bargaining and negotiating, not where you're compromising, come on now, but where you are not the only one, you know, how do I want to say it, y'all, um, where you're getting just as much as you're giving up. Why don't I put it like that? It's more. It's it's a little more balanced and and equal. And I and I and I I feel comfortable saying that because even though Pluto on the lowest end can bring about the manipulation and the covert, you know, coercion and the jealousy and the obsessiveness and all that stuff. Um, when you heal that, which Pluto has a very healing, transformative element to it, so does this Mercury in Taurus that's trining um, Pluto right now then you can manifest it on much, much higher levels, and that is powerful in itself. That alone, if you are in, you know, dealing with anybody uh, personal or business, um, show them your Pluto retrograde skills, right, that you don't need to manipulate or control anybody else. You just need to stay in control of yourself, okay, and that alone is very powerful and persuasive to other people that you may want to persuade because anybody can flex. You know, any any fool can walk around flexing on people. You know, I can, you know, I can manipulate you into doing this this way, and I can hold this over your head and you know try to control you that way. But the person. Baby, that that control they said got control of themselves, and ain't waiting on nobody else to fall in line. They the ones that got the uh, everybody else that they command, cause that's somebody you want to know how the hell you figure that out. How do you figure out not to be going slapped off on everybody? Okay, how did you learn to keep your power in? In control. How did you learn to gain control over your personal power and not use your power for destructive purposes but constructive purposes? Because if you're powerful enough to construct some stuff instead of destruct, then people are going to notice that powerfully so. It's going to penetrate their soul to, to see that reality and experience it through you, and it's going to inspire others. So, and it like I said, this is ideal for asking favors and talking people into things. Our brain is, is very powerful right now. Use it for good and not evil. Use it to construct instead of destruct, and you don't have nothing to worry about, okay? Um, just everything to be thankful for. And then finally in this grand trine um, of Mercury trining Jupiter and Mercury trining Pluto is Jupiter trining Pluto, okay? So that's the power on the increase, right? This influence greatly increases our power and our influence. And we have the opportunity to use this power to positively transform our lives. Jupiter wants to go higher every time optimistic every time, 
So you, we definitely will feel in control of situations a little bit more and may find ourselves in positions of power or authority in group settings, okay? Use that power wisely, y'all. Okay, and I'm going to help y'all do it. I told y'all I had um, horoscopes, right? So here real quick, I'm just going to mention what Mercury going direct means for your sun, moon, or rising sign. If I'm reading it for your sun sign, this is going to affect your self-expression and your will, what you will and won't do, okay? It's going to affect your focus, what you're focused on. If I'm reading for a sign and it's your moon sign, this is going to affect what emotionally satisfies you during this time of Mercury going direct, okay? And uh, especially direct in the zone. And if I'm reading it for your ascendant sign, then I want you to keep in mind that this is most likely to be experienced in your physical body, in your physical reality, how others even see you. Uh, would be more how the horoscope would play out for you, okay? So keep that in mind as I go through real quick the 12 signs. Starting with Taurus, of course, because Mercury is stationing direct in Taurus, all my Tauruses are experiencing this from the first house perspective of self, of them, of how they come across to others or appear to others. So if you know any Tauruses, you could probably see this on them, so to speak. Um, for the Tauruses, my mama's babies, um, you've likely felt like all manner of things have gone wrong without explanation or logic. And shout out to um, the Dark Pixie Astrology for these horoscopes yet again. Um, and Taurus, you've probably felt a little like the universe's punching bag, okay? Focus has likely been difficult and communication has been all over the place, but with the retrograde ending, you can start to feel more like yourself again and not like you're constantly waiting for the next shoe to drop. You can be calmer and you can open lines of communication back up. It's a, hell, it's a heck of a thing to have a Mercury retrograde in your sign, Taurus. I've, I've experienced it before, so guess what? It's all good. You made it through. <laughs> I know you're going to look for, forward to being calmer and lines of communication opening back up. Leo. Mama's babies that are Leos, um, you've been experiencing the Mercury retrograde. Uh, actually, Mercury is stationing direct in your 10th house. How about that? We'll say it like that. And you may have felt like you were going in the wrong direction, Leo, okay? Experience setbacks because 10th house is the, house is the house of life direction. And to have a Mercury retrograde there, you may have felt like you were either going in all kind of directions or like you were going in the wrong direction, Leo, okay? Experiencing setbacks, delays with your goals, lacked ambition or had too much ambition, made the right impressions or had a hard time with responsibilities, okay, Leo? But now that the retrograde is going to be over, you can find your focus again for your goals, work hard, and get back on the right track. Scorpio. You have been dealing with um, Mercury is going direct in your seventh house, Scorpio, okay? If Taurus is on the other end of the wheel, so to speak, then Scorpio is going to be um, experiencing Mercury in Taurus from the seventh house perspective on the very opposite end of the wheel. So, Scorpio, you've likely had problems with your relationship. Seventh house is the house of other, other people. 
Um, you probably had uh, problems in your relationships, the people in your life, and have had communication issues with them, more misunderstandings than usual, and lack the pace, the harmony, or the balance that you wanted. Now that the retrograde is going to be over, you can start to balance things out and work out the issues in your relationship, Scorpio. That's great news. Everything's going to iron itself out. And that's why I was telling y'all last week, I was listening to the um, show again, and I was just like, you know, <laughs> it was a little choppy, but I remember that, baby. I was like, you know, don't, just give it a minute. Just give it a minute. Sun is moving into a new sign here on Friday. Saturday, we got a full moon. Sunday, Mercury stationing direct. If things have not been moving forward for you, there's a whole bu- a list of good reasons why not, astrologically anyway, energetically anyway, spiritually anyway. So Mercury retro is just you got the sun going into Gemini, you got the full moon, and, and, the, and Mercury station in direct should just be another kind of energetic feel that something is releasing and letting go, and I, we can move forward and make some power moves now, especially Gemini's. Baby, y'all having a first house transit too? Get it. It's your time to shine, Gemini. All right, Aquarius, uh, Mercury is going direct in your fourth house. You've likely been dealing with issues at home or with your family, have felt like um, you didn't have enough support from others, have felt shaken internally, uh, Aquarius, or have had stronger emotions. With the retrograde ending, you can start to work on strengthening your internal foundation, fix things at home or with family, or find the support you need right now, okay? Mama's Virgos, you've likely had issues um, with feeling like you didn't have opportunities to expand and explore, okay? This whole, you Virgo, you going through, Mercury's going direct in your ninth house, your Sagittarius house, okay? So you, Jupiter itself that rules Sagittarius has been retrograde in your sign, Virgo, so this is kind of a double dose of maybe what you've been feeling. It may the feeling may have been real strong that you didn't have opportunities to expand and explore, um, that you lacked the freedom to do your own thing or pushed for space too much or were overly defensive of your beliefs, maybe too op too optimistic, too sagy. Now you didn't think that was possible, but I've been lived it before, so it is. Um Virgo, or you may have had difficulties with travel. Now that the retrograde is over, Virgo, going to be here in the week ahead, you can start to work on getting just the right amount of space, look at the bright side, but not unrealistically, and connect with your beliefs without forcing them on anyone else. Okay, Virgo, so you just have been learning a real super saggy lesson <laughs> with Jupiter retrograding your sign, with Mercury retrograding your Sagittarius house. You've been learning the lesson I've been learning my whole life as a, a sun sign Sagittarius, which is how much is too much? Is two full moons in one month enough, or can we squeeze in three? <laughs> so you got this, Virgo. Mama knows you do. Capricorn, um, you 
are having Mercury go direct in your fifth house of love, okay, true love and dating and romance and children and games and hobbies and sports and fun and enjoyment, okay, Capricorn? Uh, But with Mercury retrograding there, you definitely have likely been dealing with misunderstandings and communication problems with these loved ones, maybe even with a person that you're dating or with your children, okay? And so you may not have had time for fun or have or maybe you've taken too much time for fun okay maybe mercury retro scrambling all up in your fun house you know has had you topsy-turvy on the other end um, or maybe you've just lacked inspiration okay capricorn um, but now you can open up the lines of communication with the people you love or are dating or with your children and you can balance work and play okay and find inspiration Again, Libra, Mama's Libras, uh, y'all have definitely been dealing with issues that you're holding deep inside. Y'all been having uh, Mercury Station in direct in y'all's eighth house, y'all's Pluto, Scorpio house of the deep, okay, and of the extreme. And you probably have had some extreme emotions or thoughts. Come on, Mercury retrograde in your eighth house. Um, but the, and and problems maybe even with transformations. There's also an eighth house um, theme or keyword or finances, especially finances you share with others. Any resources? Come on, it's not just money. Any resources you share with other Libra? It could have been some issues surrounding that here over the last few weeks. Um, even longer if you're real sensitive to Mercury and it started affecting you when it first came in the zone. And so um, I would just like to say when that was, just for the sake of somebody, like, giving a crap. And, well, hmm, when was that? Uh, Mercury went into the zone April 14th. It went retrograde April 28th, just a couple of weeks later. And here it is a few weeks um, after that going uh, direct, okay? Just to give you a timeline in case you were lining that up, Libra. I know my Libra's got dog. Y'all be so on it. It ain't a, Libra ain't an air sign for nothing, baby. I got much respect for the mind of a Libra. I do. <laughs> and so, uh, what's gonna happen, or what you'll start to notice, um, especially even if you've had difficulty having enough resources, Libra, that you've noticed, you can start to fix the problems that have come about and take more control over yourself and your life and the finances or resources that you share with others, okay? Good luck with that, Libra. Hit me up if you want to go any deeper on that. Um, Sagittarius, you've been dealing with issues in your work life, sixth house, okay? Your daily routine, uh, your work itself or the environment or people you work with or for. Um, You could have been having issues um, with your health or just felt more stressed and anxious. You know, sixth house is the Virgo house, and I told y'all what I know about that Virgo frequency and worrying and being overly stressed and anxious, just worrying yourself sick. So, Sagittarius, you may have been temporarily feeling this. Uh, you're definitely going to be able to start to get back on the right track with work, make up for any missed time, tend to your physical self, and manage any stress better. Okay, Sag, breathe. (laughs) Pisces, um, you've likely had to deal with major communication problems. Third house is the a Mercury-ruled house. There's always two, um, the sixth that Sagittarius was dealing with. Uh, 
uh, is one of them. That's why I say watch out for being overly worried and anxious and stressed. Pisces, the third house is another one, but that's dealing more with, you know, the gathering information, the actual spoken word communication, okay? And so you may have been dealing with issues here, lots of misunderstandings and crossed wires. I mean, Mercury retrograde in, I say, the Mercury-ruled house. Um, because it's that lower mind that we most have easier access to. Um, and just having a hard time, Pisces, controlling your focus or mental energy is just some expressions of, of Mercury Retro and Taurus in this third house for you. Well, with this station in direct, Pisces, you can start to get control over your head again, your mind, and come up with new ideas, feel more excited, and communicate more freely. Last few, last three here, Aries, um, second house, Mercury direct and Taurus for you means that although you've been experiencing issues with your finances and possibly, you know, um, taking hits to your confidence and self-esteem, feeling insecure, lacking stability, or having too much of it, just a, a wacky out of balanceness when it comes to all things second house Aries. Now you can start to put things back together and fix any issues, okay? It should really loosen up. Um, Aries, you've been experiencing this through the Taurus house, the second house. So that Taurus energy, you know, with Mercury going direct through it now should have you feeling more back on top of your game, okay? Self-esteem and confidence back on the rise and increasing. Y'all being your y'all normal uh, you know, Aries selves, and especially with this full moon coming, okay? Sister sign two Sagittarius. All my Aries and my Leos, but Aries, for for you, I'm mentioning it because that also should aid in kind of, you know, feeling yourself again since you potentially have been having um, issues in this second house due to the Mercury retrograde. Um, and even more so, Aries, because you know we having two of them. Come on. We having one in June, too. So keep keep trending towards rebuilding your self-esteem and confidence and your inner security and stability in your finances because it's all working in your favor as well. That's what you get for being a sister sign to Sag. Lucky y'all. <laughs> Lucky us. So, um, Gemini. Uh, you've been dealing with Mercury retrograde, or what did I say? Mercury's going direct in your 12th house, okay? Um, you've been dealing with issues from the past, that's 12th house. You've had to face subconscious issues, that's 12th house. You may have had some secrets come out, good or bad. All, all secrets do not have to be bad. I'm a living witness. There's some stuff that is hidden. That's 12th house, all things hidden, some stuff that, that is yet to be revealed and finally comes out. It can be so beautiful and blissful. And so um, maybe also, Gemini, you have felt more drained because activity in the 12th house causes us to have to rest and meditate. It can make us feel confined or isolated. Um, and Mercury's your ruler, Gemini. So you might have just felt off. This whole time, just overall, in a real subtle way, because Mercury is your ruler. But now your ruler is going direct, and you can really start to feel more like yourself again, Gemini, and put the past where it belongs in the past. When you turn your back on it after the 22nd, Gemini, you can feel confident that 
you're in the vein and the flow of nature, okay? You're flowing with nature by leaving the past in the past. All those Mercury Retro X's that came back up, yeah, you can let them right on back go again because y'all exes for a reason. <laughs> Make sure you learn the lesson. Um, but, Gemini, you can also regain some energy with your ruler going direct again um, in, in the forward movement, full steam ahead. You also could begin to feel kind of, okay, I'm moving forward again, full steam ahead, and that replenishing you, okay? Lastly, but never least, um, Mama's Cancer's. You have been dealing with uh, Mercury that's going to go direct in your 11th house, and that's governing issues with friends, groups you belong to. Or uh, maybe you have been uncomfortable in crowds um, during this time, felt a little rebellious. That's so 11th house, Aquarius house energy. Or have lacked independence, Cancer, okay, have questioned your dreams or have pushed too far or not far enough outside of your comfort zone. Oh, but now that Mercury's station in direct, Cancer, you can start to connect with friends and groups again, dream about your future again, and do things your own way, okay? 11th house, Cancer, that means you're not scared. You know, you may have been having a little hesitation because Mercury been retrograde and can't couldn't move forward with different plans, with different travel objectives, with different thoughts or, um, you know, uh, uh, paperwork not being able to move forward. That's governed by Mercury. But you're going to do it now, and you're going to do it in your own original 11th house. Come on, Aquarius house, Cancer, original, unique um, and and carefree breakthrough inspired electrifying way. Okay, all right. Whew. Okay, so then that takes us into Monday rising, you guys, at 10:37 a.m. Central Standard Time. The moon does trine Uranus and goes into void, of course. Okay, uh, the moon will have been in Sag. We we would have still been reeling. This is we're at Monday rising now. We would have still been reeling from this Sagittarius full moon energy, but at the point of um, Monday, 10:37 uh, a.m. Central, it goes void there in Sag before it enters. Capricorn on Tuesday, early, early rising, 1234 a.m. Central Time. So uh, we got 13 hours, almost 14 hours of pretty much all day Monday, 1037 a.m. Come on. Um, You got all day Monday for, you know, not to necessarily move forward with any particular objectives, whatever you're feeling kind of released from at the full moon, released from as Mercury stations back direct again, um, released from especially with the sun having moved into Gemini by this point, and we're feeling a whole the sun just illuminating a whole nother area of our charts um, at this point. You know, you're, it kind of gives you a chance to slow down when this, the moon goes void uh, all day next Monday on the 23rd uh, to go ahead and take stock, take stock, take stock at what is going on as at, at this sensitive time at the first Sagittarius full moon because I guarantee you that at that second one, it's almost like the second one 
it's just, it just seems like it's going to take us even higher. You know what I mean? So it's just like make note at this uh, at this void moon next Monday. Take note. You can't goddamn near start nothing else at the at the time of a void moon. No way. And it is a good time to take stock, to make to do lists, to review, to refine, to edit, to get rid of excess, to finish up. Projects that have already begun. Let me go back to this Sagittarius information so I can, so y'all can see, but by the time we get in this void moon, what we're going to be finishing up. Finishing up things we started with the Sagittarius moon energy, that the onset of it is. Uh, just a couple of hours before the full moon. I mentioned it last week. I'll kind of just review it again so y'all will have a fresh perspective on it. We're going to be finishing up things next Monday that we started in the area of adventure, of long-distance journeys. You know, some stuff, it, 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 you don't just finish it in a day. It's going to take a while. And so we could be reviewing, you know, or making to-do lists around some long-distance journey we realized this week that we're about to go on, some adventure, um, something that adds to our experience and elevates and, and, and high, uh, gives us access to higher learning and higher wisdom. Maybe we'll be finishing some things as it relates to um, just new and fresh experiences, okay? Because Jupiter, that rules Sagittarius, always wants to expand. So in some way that we're being expansive, here next Monday we'll get a chance to kind of sit with that, so to speak. I don't necessarily mean physically. Maybe there was some truth that came out since Sagittarius is the truth seeker, baby. You can't be the Sag getting to the dang truth. And so truth is flowing more freely. That's why Sagittarius kind of can have foot and mouth syndrome when we don't let it flow a little too free. Everybody wasn't ready to hear what we had to say. Oops. <laughs> so, you know. Maybe we are, but but it's so, you got to love a Sag when they tell the truth, though, because it be so healing and so right on time. You may not have wanted to hear it, but you damn thankful they said it. Thank you for pointing out that booger in my nose for I went in here in front of all these people. A Sag going to tell you, baby, and they they are not trying to be funny. They are trying to hook you up. So maybe there's some truth that you come into, you know, this Sagittarius full moon season that by next Monday you're sitting with and you're, you know, taking stock of that truth. So I'm just giving you an energetic picture of what could be going on for you around Monday, just like I do every week, okay? Um, Sagittarius, all the fire signs. Activate, okay? All my Aries and Leo sisters, activate. But uh, uh, all the fire signs are really passionate and fun. I mean, come on. Fun? All of them. I got to just across the board, all the fire signs. 
and um, enthusiastic. Come on, they they tend to be the life of the party. Okay, um, and just energetic and and just fun. And so uh, these are all things we could be reeling from. Energies we could be reeling from here on next Monday. I thought I'd just paint a little more of a picture for y'all. After the moon is void all day Monday, Tuesday rising, 1234 a.m. Central, the moon does go into Capricorn. So after we've had this time of reflection and refining and, you know, sitting with this super Sagittarius full moon energy, Capricorn wants us to get to work. Okay, you done had your fun, Sag. You done had your Sag, super Sag fun. And you're going to have it again in 30 days. So uh, just as of Tuesday, when you rise up, go on and get your mind right, okay? It's going to be real hard to hang out, just hang out and feel super saggy <laughs> when the moon hits Capricorn. It is almost the antithesis or the opposite energy. And so uh, you may notice that as well. But, yeah, Tuesday rising, we're going to want to feel productive. Here we go back into these earth signs. Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, we're going to want to feel productive with something of some substance and material, okay? We're going to mean business, whatever emotions we're feeling. Since it's the moon we're talking about that's entering Capricorn, we're going to be real emotionally satisfied to apply any excessive or any abundance of emotional energy to work that needs to get done, work we're in the process of getting done. Okay, uh, if it's any obstacles to, you know, this new direction we're headed in or this new way of thinking that, you know, Mercury retrograde allowed us to heal into um, this new way of thinking that the sun in Gemini is illuminating that maybe while the sun was in Taurus, we couldn't, you know, clearly see. Um, we're going to be pushing past any obstacles to our progress, Okay. Uh, we're going to have access to extra discipline and patience. Um, we're we're going to be able to forego or delay gratification, um, short-term satisfaction or short um, the satisfaction of short-term gains for longer-term achievements, okay? So it, it, we should, the Sagittarius um, energy, yeah, it is, you know, passionate and fun and enthusiastic, but Sagittarius is the seer. I told you all that last week. Sagittarius' motto is I see, okay, because you, you elevating, you going higher, so you can see the bigger picture fooling with Sagittarius. Okay, and so Capricorn, with that expanded vision, with that expanded awareness, with the uh, advancement of our vision, we are going to uh, be able to look at the more easily with the moon and Capricorn, our longer-term achievements, okay, and uh just being able to see things in a bigger picture, I think, um, with that, because the energy is still going to be there from the Sagittarius full moon. It kind of, to me, just having this kind of two Sagittarius full moons, um, what would it be? It'll be a new moon in Gemini next. So two Sagittarius full moons with a moon in Gemini in, in between them, it's like, 
that energy is just going to be here for a while. This is not normal to have two of full moons in the same sign close together like that. So um, don't sleep on the Sagittarius energy after the moon waxes full on Saturday because it, it, the the energy can still be appreciated. Uh, any full moon, be it a Sagittarius one or not, I don't care how many of them occur within a month's time, uh, the energies, like I told y'all, all these cycles are linked. So this Sagittarius full moon we're at here on Saturday is in direct link to two weeks ago at a Taurus new moon and in direct link to six months ago at a Sagittarius new moon, okay? So you got a link. You you kind of got a link. Now, this new moon in Gemini we're having in June, yes, two weeks later when we get the second Sagittarius full moon, yes, you have to link that to the Gemini new moon of two weeks before. But just the fact that it's another Sagittarius, Sagittarius new moon, you've got to come back to this new moon in Taurus too. And this, so it, it's adding this extra element, kind of elongating the effect, kind of stretching out the effect. So don't just let this Gemini Sagittarius full moon pass and be like, oh, it's over now. No. Okay. Keep it in mind. Um, but yeah, there for the couple of days that the moon is in Capricorn, we're definitely going to be emotionally satisfied to get some stuff done. We're gonna be we're gonna be choosing the tried and true over anything experimental. So we're gonna have a real good eye for what's solid and material that has enduring value. What's a good investment of our time, energy, and resources gonna be at the forefront? We not we if we have like I say if we have any excessive emotions next Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, we're gonna put it into our work focus on real-world ambitions and map out a real solid plan for whatever, you know, we need to uh, get a solution to or some results in, okay? We're going to want to know what's going to bring us a solid return. We ain't got time for no pie in the sky. Capricorn, I must admit, is like the one of the least spiritual signs I have ever come across. Like, dang, do you even pray over your food? <laughs> So um, even relationships through the eyes of a Capricorn are viewed extremely practically, and that's the kind of mode we'll be in here next week, um, structural changes that we want to make to make our lives work better, be more efficient, okay? Um, so it's a really good time while the moon's in Capricorn to meet with collaborators, you know, people you um, to co-work with, um, like clients or putting together a proposal acting or speaking with authority. Capricorn is the authority. Um, considering investments, um, upholding a longstanding tradition, working with a mentor or mentee, or taking control of a situation. Then we got Tuesday, 444 a.m., 444, come on. Uh, Central time, Tuesday, Venus enters Gemini. The sun will have already been there. It'll be at three degrees at the time Venus ingresses at zero degrees, okay? So that's how close Venus and the sun are running right now. So I want y'all to peep that in the week ahead because uh, we've got here in the episode information you can clearly see. You got sun, Mars opposition that I talked about at the top of the show. They're on the 22nd. Well, two days later, Venus and Mars do like a full moon 
aspect where Venus is on the side of the sun. They're together in the sky right now with only three degrees separating them and Mars on that flip side over there where the moon was at the time of the full moon. So that's what we're um, walking into on Tuesday early rising is Venus entering Gemini to meet up with the sun that's already there. Let me tell you something about, uh, first of all, I'm not doing horoscopes for this because it's pretty much the same as what I did last week. I gave you sun entering Gemini horoscopes last week. Well, like I said at the top of the show, with Venus coming in, that's just adding the beauty, come on, and the art and the harmony and the diplomacy, come on, and the social and the good feelings and the comfort food, come on. It's a Gemini party. It's a Gemini party and, you know, sun and Gemini, Gemini season, all that. But when Venus step in, though, boy, you know, it's a whole nother. It's the party you don't want to leave when Venus get up in there, right? And so sun being together with Venus in the sky does shine a light on our love and our money. That's the sun shining a light on Venus, love and money and what we value and our self-worth, right? Uh, and it's shining a light on our creative creativity as well. Uh, for all of us, with, while the sun and Venus are together in the sky, we are just personifying the Venus qualities of love and affection in different ways. I'll tell you, I won't I don't have horoscopes for y'all, but I'll remind y'all of the houses that it's affecting so you can see a little more specifically what area of life you are either expressing with your son being in a particular sign, what um what uh, qualities that you are, what Venusian qualities that you're personifying um, as it relates to what emotionally satisfies you to personify them, that's your moon sign, and what Venusian qualities you're personifying as it relates to what others see you as personifying right now, if it's your rising sign, okay? So with Sun and Venus together, we definitely can expect, um, even from others, uh, them being attracted to these things that make us come across a little warmer, especially when you know what area you're going to be directly affected in um, or you are being directly affected in because the Sun is there right now. Um, more sociability, us feeling more sociable than usual. Um, so new love and friendships are more likely while the sun and Venus are together in the sky for all of us. But come on, let's break down some of these areas so you can see exactly where, right? Um, and any relationship that starts under this sun-Venus alignment, it doesn't go exact. The sun does not line up directly on top of Venus, I believe, until sometime in June. But right now, they, like I said, they're three degrees apart. They're running together right now anyway. They're just not right on top of each other. So any relationship that starts now should work out really nicely. And um, considering Venus does also rule the money, we can, um, during this time while the sun and Venus are running together, we could all uh, easily, more easily attract material goods, okay, um, just as we attract nice people. Um, Venus does have a reputation for being a bit lazy, 
and indulgent. That's just basically too much Venus or a lower manifestation of Venus. And so with the power of the sun lighting up Venus, any natural tendencies in those areas are highlighted. If you already have a tendency to be a bit lazy or a bit indulgent, it will be intensified, my babies, okay? So watch out for that, um, however you need to set that up. Venus, I told y'all Venus ruled them sweets. Don't even bring them in the house. Don't even bring them in the house because sun running with Venus right now, I told y'all it don't go exact until June, which means it's going to be getting even more intensified. You've been dealing with them cravings. They're going to rev up (laughs) between now and June. They're going to rev up. So if you already have tendencies in this area, you have now been warned. Um, partying and spending are actually favorite while the sun and Venus are hooked up in the sky. So, yeah, Uh, but it's just the excessiveness. Uh, You don't want to be too gluttonous or too excessive or the sun will burn it in a sense, you know. It'll burn, you'll burn out, right? Okay. So Gemini, um, the sun in Gemini, Venus moving into Gemini, of course, clearly that's your first house. You just, Gemini, you're personifying the Venus qualities of love and affection in your very appearance. Okay, Gemini, I mean, people, you might just catch people just staring at you or just wanting to give you stuff, (laughs) hook you up. So that's a a manifestation you may notice, Gemini. Take full advantage of it. And just like when there's any other alignment going on and it's really looking great for somebody, I just say share the wealth. If you're getting all this money, people just walking up to you, Gemini, just because you're looking like you're somebody they want to give money to, um, uh, feel free to share some in the form of an astro love gift <laughs> or just share, period. That is the point. That is why it's happening to you, Gemini, for you to share. You're, it's, gonna, it's happening to the point where you've got enough for you. You're going to have excess. You're going to have overflow. Share in, out of the overflow, okay? That's what I'm saying. Virgo, you've got... Sun already in Gemini in your 10th house. Venus is meeting it there. So you are personifying the Venus qualities of love and affection in the very life direction that you're taking, okay, in the very direction your life is headed in by way of your goals, you know. The very goals you have are making you know, you appealing and attractive um, for love, money, and affection, okay? So keep that up. Tenth house Virgo is the house ruled by Capricorn. It's serious. It, it, it calls you to maturity and to taking responsibility. But know this, Virgo, while the sun and Venus is lighting up this house for you, that's that, that very just handling your business, Virgo, is making you look real good right now, okay? So handle your business and, you know, um, stay balanced. Um, Of course, there's not a lot of room for playing in the 10th house or having a whole bunch of fun, but there is room for reward that does come with you staying on point uh, and and maintaining your level of discipline, self-discipline, hard work, smart work. Uh, so keep that up, Virgo. You will be rewarded. So say it's Sun conjunct Venus in your tenth house. Sagittarius, swaggy Sagittarius. Um, 
The sun and Venus is lining up here next week. This will be, let me remind you, it's Tuesday, early, early rising, 444, in your seventh house, Sagittarius. So you are personifying the Venus qualities of love and affection in the area of other. How do you personify um, love and affection in the area of other? Just the people around you, Sagittarius. They tell, look, the people around you are basically the uh, expression of love and affection. You're personifying it through them. So take note of the people around you. Take note of the others in your life. Take note of the people you're partnering up with. Take note of the people you're consulting with and having one-on-one interactions with Sagittarius because they are representative of the very Venusian qualities of love and affection that you're personifying. So that's powerful. Um, If you look up, Sag, and the people around you lazy and indulgent, (laughs) that's that love manifestation of Venus, okay? If they just doing it a little too darn big and they got all the cakes, all the pies, all the (laughs) – they just need to – that's – a reflection of you, okay? So that's what I'm saying. You're personifying these Venusian qualities in the other. That's where it's going to show up for you. Um, Pisces, you are having Sun conjunct Venus. And it's not the alignment Sun conjunct Venus that I'm talking about. I'm talking about Venus entering Gemini, but since I'm not basically repeating the horoscopes from last week, I'm just giving you all a reminder where this energy is at and what it means. Pisces, you're personifying the Venus qualities of love and affection in fourth house, in in the very internal foundation of you, your inner stability. Come on. I know that's right, Pisces. Come on. In your inner foundation of stability, you just exuding Venusian qualities and personifying Venusian qualities of love and affection first for yourself, come on, Pisces. And then fourth house also expands to the family and the home. So you fool around with a Pisces in, you know, sun and Venus and Gemini season, and you're going to see the very personification of Venusian qualities like love and affection and beauty and are in their home. Check it out. In their family. Let's get it, y'all. That's beautiful, Pisces. Damn. Okay, Libra. Um, you're experiencing Venus going into Gemini where the sun is in your ninth house, in your Sag house, okay? So you're personifying the Venus qualities of love and affection in your very adventures, okay, in your very uh, learning and expansion that you take up, in your very travel, Libra, higher learning, education. Let's get it. Um, ninth house is the uh, is the um, uh, ancient marriage house. If if you wanting to propose to somebody, Libra, get it, because you're exuding Venusian qualities like love and affection in your very essence when it comes to these ninth house things. Go, Libra, get it. Get your expand on to the degree that you're expanding, Libra. You shining, you oozing Venus qualities. Folks should probably want to give money to you because you just, you know, you're growing and you're developing and you're advancing and you're full of humor. 
Come on, Libra. Keep a good sense of humor, and somebody may just want to put some money in your pocket because you made they day laughing. You laughed so hard, it made them laugh, and they ain't laughed in a minute. I'm telling y'all, Venus is real and strong, and with the sun conjuncted, just lighten it up. I'm telling y'all directly how to access this energy for your sign. Aquarius. Venus entering Gemini, where the sun is, Mm-mm-mm. it's hitting up your fun house, fifth house, Aquarius, okay? Get your date on, get your romance on. If you already hooked up with somebody, get your romance on. Be playful. Come on, play some games, play some sports, play, do a little gambling, you know? And all these areas where the sun, Venus, energy, they're in Gemini. Gem for everybody, let me caveat this, for everybody, the sun and Venus being in Gemini is already highlighting a lot of playful energy, um, Aquarius. So you just going to show us all how to stunt and do it just a little bit harder. Uh, and Aries, too, because third house is the Gemini house. But Gemini is the energy of youthfulness, Um you know, fifth house uh, that rules Leo is where I'm telling Aquarius to kind of play the games and the sports and the romance and the dating. But the third house, which is Gemini rule, which is where Venus and the sun is transiting, is more of just a – Gemini rule is kind of like variety, right? And so we'll, we'll, we should all, no matter what area I'm highlighting for you, be flexible. Be adaptable. Be be ready to make adjustments, and it's going to go even better for you. Come on, Sun, Venus, hooking up in Gemini. Be ready to make moves. Be ready to go with the flow. Gemini, where Venus and the Sun is, is ruled by Mercury. It's like a fluidity to that energy and a flow, Okay. As, as, as to the degree that you're in line with these natural energies. That's why I tell y'all about them so you can work with them and not against them. Don't be real rigid and inflexible like you was when the sun was in Taurus while the sun and Venus is in Gemini because you're not going to get that Venusian, <laughs> you're not going to get them love money, <laughs> you know, benefits that's going on in an area that is so flexible and adaptable if you're moving around in your personal life in an area that's real in areas that are really rigid and inflexible, okay? Um, yeah, and, and Gemini is an air sign. So allow the flexibility and the adaptability to permeate your mind and your thoughts and your plans and your thinking, okay? And you'll you'll be glad you did. Um, so yeah, Aquarius, you're gonna just be scrumptious and magically delicious to the degree that you're playing games and um, taking risks. And in fifth house governs, you know, if you're an entrepreneur or have your own business, like a fifth house is the children and the babies and the creations. So tend to your creations, Aquarius. And you're just, people just going to look. Maybe you just out walk, got your, it's spring, you out, got your children at the park. And you're just having fun. you in your fifth house-ish, Aquarius. And somebody just, I just read about it on social media. 
a family of five, baby, and the person it happened to was the one posting it. Somebody in the same restaurant as them, probably just looking at them like, yeah, you never know who you're around, my babies. Somebody that may not even be able to have children, but always had a heart for children and see you either, you know, hopefully it's a, a family and a mother and a father with children, and they just see you and they just admire you. you Aquarius, you just out with your babies and your family just having fun, and they and they admire that. And something like what I read where they picked up, by the time they went to go pay their bill, they said, uh-uh. Somebody already paid y'all bill. It was on them. That's what I'm talking about with Sun and Venus lined up. That love and that money is being illuminated in these areas for you. Aries, third house for you. To the degree, Aries, that you are uh, uh, being mentally stimulated, mentally stimulating others, doing local travel um, within the United States or whatever country you live in, um, uh, to the degree that you're dealing with school-aged children, uh, to the degree that you are, um, you know, gathering information, come on. You might gather some information to add a little Venus, sun Venus to your life. That's what the sun and Venus is lighting up for you. When the sun, when the sun is lighting it up and Venus come by with that love and that money, you want to be in line. And I'm telling you, Aries, get in line through the, the third house, cousins, siblings, the relatives you don't live with. Get in line with them, Aries, because that's in the third house too. Okay, Leo, 11th house for you. <clears throat> Venus uh, is joining the sun in Gemini, highlighting your 11th house of friendships. People and groups that you network with, Leo, come on, get your love and your money through that avenue. The future, to the degree, Leo, that you are thinking and planning, thinking about and planning for your future, uh, that's 11th house. To the degree that you are walking in your originality and individuality and what makes you, you, uniquely you, that's highlighted, okay? Um, your hopes, wishes, and dreams, Leo, come on. Think about it. What's your hopes? What you hoping for? What you wishing for? What you dreaming about and for? Line up with that, and and Sun and Venus got something for you. Okay, Leo, have fun in that eleventh house. Cancer, Cancer, twelfth house. I know it's a, I know it's some kind of house, Cancer, but it's a water house like your sign, so it should be. It's a, it's the Pisces house. So you, Cancer. First of all, endings. It's the last house of the 12, okay? So anything you're wrapping up, anything you're closing out while the sun and Venus is in Gemini, you're right on track. The sun going to be in your sign next. Sun and Venus going to be in your sign next, Cancer. So you basically getting rewarded for the stuff you was going to be doing anyway. Anytime it's Gemini season, Cancer is dealing with it from a 12th house perspective. Well, with Venus joining the sun, Cancer, you're getting that ease and that harmony and that beauty and that money for doing something you were already doing. So do more of the endings, Cancer. Do more of the resting and the meditation and the time for yourself, the time for yourself to relax and refresh and rejuvenate 
okay, and pray and imagine, use that imagination, uh, 12th house uh, imagination, that's Neptune, even movies. Um, just time for yourself, pampering yourself and taking care of yourself. Okay, making sure that you're ready when the sun and Venus go up in that first house and it's going to be your time to shine, you're ready for it. And you may have messed around and got blissed by Venus for it due to this sun, Venus, um, going on right now, okay? Uh, Scorpio, Scorpio. Oh, wow, Scorpio. (laughs) You are dealing with this Venus going into Gemini, meeting up with the sun in your eighth house, your Scorpio house, Scorpio. So this all should be very natural to you. Things that are very natural to you, Scorpio, if you indulge them during this time, you could see some Venusian kind of blessings pop up, okay? Venus is that love, and Venus is that Monty, hunty, okay? So, Scorpio, go deep. You do that anyway. Do your research. Come on, 8th house, Scorpio. Do your research. Do your investigating. Turn it inward first and foremost. If you got a problem to attack, attack it, but turn that investigative psychological energy inward and get to the root of you first. And uh, eighth house is shared resources to the degree that you're, um, you know, sharing resources with somebody and making it a positive experience, whether it's investments or insurance or shared property, okay? Um, Legacy that you're leaving is dealt with in the eighth house, Scorpio. So focus on these things, put energy into these things, um, and you will be glad you did by the time, you know, Gemini season is uh, often run into a really good start because it's the most stuff coming, not just the sun and Venus. Taurus, uh, Taurus house, you're dealing with um, Venus going into Gemini through the uh, eyes of your second house, your Taurus house. So once again, just like Scorpio, this ought to be very familiar to you, Taurus, to the degree that you're indulging in energies that are already reminiscent of you. You will be truly, truly, truly blessed and glad you did. <clears throat> For Taurus, that's honoring yourself um, by way of valuing yourself. Come on, Taurus. Um, It's honoring yourself by way of pampering yourself and taking care of yourself and and being good and pleasurable to yourself um, um, by way of, you know, adding things that are of value to your, you know, possessions and um, your personal finances, building, working on, and adding to them, okay? And Capricorn, finally, um, you are dealing with all this from your sixth house. So like I said last week with the sun and Venus horoscopes, um, that's kind of an energy that you're already kind of accustomed to just because y'all freaking work so hard, Capricorn. And the sixth house is the house of work. It's also the house of daily routine and health. So Capricorn, focus on your health. You'll be so glad you did. Um, It's amazing. I've talked about this on the show before. To the degree that you are putting high energy, electric, come on, high vibrational foods into your body, you're going to notice that the universe responds to that. I'm telling you, I done lived it where you wake up in the rising and you, look, you done put your moringa and your spirulina and your chlorella, you done made your little green drink and you done juiced all your stuff and then mess around and get a job, you know, mess around and get a phone call about just that, that energy. It, it, 
you start attracting some different stuff from when you eating double cheeseburgers to when you vibing real high like that. So Capricorn, I'm mentioning that because we are talking Venus here with the love and the money. And so I know for a fact when you put your efforts specifically, Capricorn, in this area of health, in this area of daily work, um, work and daily routine, it's the little stuff, Capricorn. Y'all know this so well anyway, but it's just on a on a micro level. Six houses ruled by Virgo, so it tends to be detail-oriented and nitpicky. So if anything, y'all may just get real specific and detail-oriented about the work and the daily routine that y'all got going on. And if you do, it'll bless you. Okay, we don't have that much time left, you guys. Um, I will highlight um, Tuesday. Um, night of next week, 9.38 p.m., Venus does oppose Mars, like I said, with the sun opposing Mars at the top of the week, and sun and Venus running together, which I just gave those um, kind of breakdown, uh, then, yes, Venus is bound to oppose Mars just like the sun, and it does Tuesday night. It's exact. Up until that point, passions are running high. With Venus opposition Mars, we got the two lovers on opposite ends of the spectrum with the opposition, okay? Um, Passions are running high. Jealousies are possible. Impulsive decisions affect our finances and or established relationships. Impulsive decisions affect our finances and or our established relationships, and we could stir up problems in order to fulfill a need for excitement. So watch that next, especially leading up to when you're fooling with Mars, don't wait till Tuesday night to take um, heed of this <laughs> warning. You Mars might fool around Monday or Sunday, you know, and want to show up. So be on the lookout for, you know, we already been on the lookout because Mars has been retrograde. There's a lot going on with Mars. Stay alert. Passions running high, jealousy, impulsive decisions, stirring up problems. If you need some excitement and your Mars cutting up, acting up, and, and, and being exposed, Venus is exposing it because of this oppositional um, um, alignment, do something constructive. I'm going to just keep saying that same thing because I, I don't want to confuse you all. I'm going to say the same thing every time anything with Mars come up because Mars wants you to do something. Mars wants you to pop off, jump off. Think of an Aries in your life. <laughs> they be wanting you to pop off and jump off and jump, you know, let's go. They stay ready. Let's go. They stay ready to fight and all that stuff. I'm not talking down about an Aries. I'm keeping it real. Ask one nearby you if they don't stay ready. So what I'm telling you is with an energy like that, fooling with Mars in this opposition to Venus, direct your energies in the most constructive way possible. Mars just want to have a little sex. Mars just want to get some stuff done, some action, want to complete some actions. Mars just wants to fight. But you don't have to fight against something or someone. You can fight for it. Utilize, figure out how to manifest Mars high vibrationally. And Venus opposition Mars won't scare you. It'll excite you because you know that energy is going to be stimulated highly around this time, and you know that you can use it to get some stuff done. You know that you can do it to construct some stuff instead of destruct. 
some relationships. You can build some instead of tear some up. You can build up some finances instead of blowing them because you you done got in a bad mood or you done, you done got excited like Mars gets excited and then spent up some stuff on an impulse. Impulsive decisions affecting our finances or established relationships. If you're going to have an impulse, set some money aside for when you do. That's why I'm talking about learning about this stuff in advance. Okay, this is happening Tuesday night. Might show up Monday. Might show up Sunday night. Let me have. Let me put some money to the side when the impulse do come, so I don't have to deny myself. But at the same time, I don't have to go broke and behind the dang impulse that I knew was coming. All right, I got minutes left, so let me keep it moving. Um, if you, I see that I've got a caller on the line that raised their hand. Um, caller, don't hang up um, when the um, internet portion cuts off. If you are on the line, uh, you don't have to have your hand up, but if you're on the line, you can continue to hear me. So caller from the 206, I see you. I see you hanging in, in the pocket in the cut pretty much the whole show. Thank you so much. And I would love to talk to you and answer your question. I have less, about three minutes left. I'm going to get out some final information, and I'll go ahead and pick up the line. It just won't be recorded on the show. But you'll be able to hear me, so it's all good. Um, if you uh, would like to call in, if you're listening online and would like to call in here, um, we talked to a caller from 206. Uh, the number is 818-369-0368, and you'll be able to still listen. Thank you. Um, Wednesday night, that was Tuesday night with the Venus-Mars opposition. Wednesday night, next this time next week, uh, 8, 11 p.m. Central, the moon goes void after it squares Uranus for another 13 hours, so pretty much Wednesday evening from 8, 11 p.m. all the way through Thursday, a little later in the rising. Uh, the moon's going to be void. So, yeah. And then Thursday morning, Jupiter squares Saturn. Whew. Okay, let me give you just some real quick information in these final seconds um, just so you can kind of look out for it, but I'll go a little more in-depth next week. I've touched on it before, Jupiter squaring Saturn. Um, Thursday, May 26, 728 a.m. Central. This was that energy I told y'all. That's why I was telling y'all last week. If it ain't fitting right now, it's for a reason. And here go a whole nother one. With Jupiter square Saturn, the wise are waiting. Y'all remember me saying that? The wise are waiting. Fucking with a Jupiter square Saturn. Not waiting in further and deeper and trying to push objectives forward right now. Right now, with Jupiter squaring Saturn, it's square right now. It's going to be exact next Thursday. We're forced to do things by the book, but may not want to. Because we're waiting. We can't move forward right now with certain things. This is not the time to take shortcuts because they won't work. We are trying to think in big terms, or if we have the urge to expand, we confront obstacles. We're, we're met with obstacles, and, or we're forced to face reality. And, and we have to do some restructuring of our lives and of our business goals um, right now. So take take that in. Um, if you're like I said last week, if you're still feeling like you can't move forward in certain things, and you with certain planets still being retrograde, um, 
you know, waiting on this full mood or whatever you're waiting on. The wise are waiting. So if you're waiting right now, you're wise, my babies. Keep it up. We got to wrap up the show today. If you're holding on the line, I'm not going to hang up. I'm going to answer um, anybody who has any questions. Um, next week, I will uh, mention the Mars retrograde going back into Scorpio that I didn't get to today. And I just want to tell y'all I love y'all. Stay connected to my astrology coach. Hit up the May new and full moon packages and hit up the May you call it. Stay connected. I love you guys. I say peace. All right, and for my caller from the 206, I'm fine. Um, hopefully this works and we're not disconnected. <laughs> caller from the 206? Okay, caller from the 206. It looks like caller from the 954 raised their hand. Peace, you're live on the air with Mama Dada. Oh, thank you so much. Um, my name is Mary. I'm calling from Florida. I'm a Sagittarius with Gemini rising and the Taurus moon. I've been going through a real bad stretch. Um, today I had to put to sleep one of my seven cats, and it was very painful. And also uh, financially, because I pulled it out of my rent money. So um, I'm just trying to manifest that money getting back into my account. I have a a promise for uh, some donation from a group, um, but I'm I'm really I'm I'm kind of walking on eggshells. I'm supposed to be making a move into a smaller apartment, and that's been hanging fire. Nothing's really coming together right now. I'm just wondering if you see this getting better when Mercury goes direct. I absolutely see it getting better for you. Um, Mercury going direct in Taurus, which is, you said, uh, Taurus is your rising sign? My moon sign. Taurus is your moon sign. So that automatically is going to denote an emotional satisfaction by Mercury going direct in an area that directly affects your emotions, such as the moon. And so that is one element of seeing things turn around. Another element is going to be the the sun, uh, Venus going into Gemini there and joining the sun. Uh, For you, um, okay, so if Taurus is the moon, you said uh, Sag is the sun and Gemini is the ascendant? Right, Uh uh-huh. So Sag and Gemini, with uh, Venus going into Gemini, is affecting your relationship with yourself and with others. So that's highlighted. I want you to pay special attention to your treatment. And when you throw in that Taurus element, that's bringing in the second house into uh, the realm of yourself and others. So that's talking about self-esteem. I can kind of hear it in your voice just a little bit. That's not a personal dig on you. That's just to say I'm picking up on a little bit of what I'm seeing here in uh, the horoscopes, which is you being emotionally satisfied to feed your need for self-love for self-esteem, for self-appreciation. People that I talk to that have this second house um, transit, like you are with Venus affecting your emotions, 
Y'all got to be thankful for everything you already have. That's how you're going to get more. Everything you, whatever you've lost, and I'm sorry to hear about your um, having, it was a cat? Yes, uh uh-huh. He's a young cat, only nine months old. He had leukemia virus. Wow. And I know some people are extreme, most people who own pets are extremely connected to their pets. And so with um, Second House, you know, kind of ruling things that you own or possess, and um, I want you to be appreciative of what you still do have. I know losses can be hard, grieving can be difficult, and just losing anything, feeling like we're always wanting to accumulate stuff and, and get more stuff and own stuff. So when we have to let something go, it can be very difficult and it can mess with our energy flow, what I'm telling you is that to compensate for the feeling of losing something, I want you to start focusing on what you do have and what you and how much you appreciate what you do have. Um, second house is a money house, so that's a beautiful thing that you're having a Venus transit through a money house that directly affects your emotions. And with um, Sagittarius and Gemini um, going through first and seventh house transits with Venus going through Gemini, it can't be uh, separated from your relationship with yourself and others, valuing the others in your life, Um, the other pets you may still have left and uh, like you say, people, uh, you know, step it, potentially stepping in. What can you do for the people who are stepping in that is within your means that you do have in your possession to offer either in exchange or just to say thank you? And I guarantee you start thinking more along these lines with, with the natural energies that are already happening, things are going to be attracted to you. But nothing good is going to be attracted to a down kind of energy, to a depressed kind of energy. And that's why I'm highlighting being thankful for what you do have. Because even in the midst of loss, take it from someone who I feel or have felt definitely at times like I lost my mother since she passed on, that I can still appreciate the memories of when she was here, the wonderful lessons and valuable insights she gave and taught to me while she was still here. Whatever you did, you know, appreciated about your pet that passed on, appreciate those things, be thankful for those things, and energetically you're going to shift. You're going to see the shift. And if you don't call me back and you can tell me, you know, tell me I was completely wrong, but I have a feeling with all the energies that are already so strongly and powerfully in play that these areas that I highlighted for you are going to do the trick for you. I do appreciate that very much and I very was very connected with my mother and I'm very grateful for the many years we shared together in a close relationship. So, I do appreciate, still appreciate her in my life, yes, and, and my animals. What I what I still have left, yeah. I lost a home a couple years ago, too, that I had to sell very inexpensively, and it was um, a lot of grief and moved back to an area that I wasn't too happy to move to. But I am allowed to keep my pets, and I have some friends that I've that helped me. So, yes, there is gra- gratitude for certain things. Yeah, keep up that flow. You keep that as a daily practice, not just when you call into a show, but you keep that as a daily practice, and I mean a daily habit, a daily routine. The time you uh, open your eyes and you're so glad that you made it through the night to open your eyes, 
I mean, you just you're going to start a snowball effect that Venus entering Gemini is already rolling, but you're going to jump in with your gratitude. You're going to jump in with your appreciation of yourself and others around you. You're going to jump in with your higher self-esteem and self-appreciation about all the wonderful gifts, talents, treasures, skills, and abilities that you inherently possess just by waking up every day. And you're going to... Yeah, you're going to be glad you did. Please report back and let us know how it went. Okay, Mary, thank you so much.